0: Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg.
1: And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Today, we're talking about how to handle stress in your marriage, because I'm guessing every couple listening, every individual listening has stress either in their own life or in their marriage. And it can be hard. It can be difficult, especially in the heat of the moment.
0: Yeah, and it can cause division. Can cause separation, disconnection. I know for us, that's exactly what happened. One time, we were getting ready for a, a big filming here at Focus on the Family, a project that you know we had both worked so hard endlessly. On. Yes. Really, I mean, it probably took. It was probably a three-year kind of research and writing and and everything kind of culminating to this. Okay, we're finally ready. To do some filming around this big project, what's called Marriage Nine One One. So it's a it's a program for for churches to train mentors to work with couples in crisis. So I remember feeling so stressed out. Mm-hmm. That, and I remember we're, we're getting ready, so we had to be there in a couple hours to start filming. Mm-hmm. So we're at home getting ready, and we're in the our closet in our little you know bedroom area. I remember going, okay, I'm. In my mind, thinking, okay, I'm so aware that I'm stressed. And I know that Aaron loves to hear that and to know how I'm doing emotionally. And so I'm thinking, Oh, this would be a great time to share that and just let her lean in and just join me in how stressed I am. And you know, you're you're a counselor and you're so good at that and you have such great empathy that I'm thinking, oh, she's so gonna help me because I was feeling so stressed out. So I shared, I said, Aaron. Man, you know, I've just been feeling so stressed out lately. Like like I just feel it. Like I'm so nervous and stressed about walking into this recording a few hours thinking, all right, here's the moment. We're gonna have this great connection and Aaron's gonna that all the compassion will be dripping from your lips. No,
1: the minute you said it, I was like, Oh, stop telling me that you are so stressed. (laughs) Because the more you tell me you're stressed, the more I get stressed. And you had been talking a lot about being stressed. And I can also tell when you're stressed. And I was trying to really just take this filming as any filming that we do (laughs) and that we were going to get through it. And it was going to be fine, which it was. But I knew that you were so stressed. And when you're stressed out, it stresses me out more. And so I was like, oh, don't tell me that. I can't handle hearing that right now.
0: It was so funny. Because in my mind, you know, I'd worked up that this is just going to be this great connection here. We're going to walk into our filming now just deeply connected because we've been talking about emotions. Did not happen? So the fact that you, I go, I'm feeling so stressed. And you go, listen, right now, I just, I can't handle that. I can't talk about that. So please stop talking about your stress. It was so exactly opposite of what (laughs) I thought would happen. Which I get it. I mean, I like I, I wasn't mad at all that that you needed not to talk about it. It just struck me as like it's finally ironic. I'm aware of how yes. I'm feeling. I'm going to share that. You're finally offering what you're feeling,
1: <laughs> and I shut it down real quick.
0: Well, in in and I tell you, looking back on that, those are those moments that that can even cause a greater rift in the relationship because. You know, I could have then gotten offended. Yeah. You know, what what do you mean you don't want to talk? You're always wanting to talk about feelings <laughs> and like like Satan could have totally used that and and started messing with both of our minds and feeding us thoughts and in lines. And I'm I'm totally. just I'm so grateful that we just didn't go there. Yeah. In in
1: We actually Yeah. We had we, to let it die down a little yeah. bit, but then we laughed about yeah. it. Just going, oh my word! I just, uh, yeah, yeah. We're,
0: we just when we're both stressed, and how about we not talk about it, and we can talk about it.
1: We can laugh it later. about it later. Yeah, and we had
0: ended up having a, a great recording session. Man, that was like all day though. That it was, was
1: no multiple days.
0: I have never felt though, more tired and more relieved that something was over. And it's just it's just funny how that happened. So, again, even in those moments that we're both feeling stress and and we're trying to connect. It may not even go well. And we have a choice in those moments. Either we're going to get more offended or use that as a way for the enemy to come in and divide and conquer our relationship, or we're going to give each other some grace. And that's really what we want to talk about is how do we deal with, with stress yeah. as we have those moments within our marriage. And to do that, we've got some great segments coming up. You know, later on, we're gonna talk through some conversation starters. And I love it when we do this because <laughs> we don't get to see these ahead of time. Yeah,
1: we learn things. Uh, yeah,
0: our producer, Katie, will surprise us and hands us some to ask. And it's the first time that we get to look at them, but they're always create good conversation. We enjoy doing these, and hopefully you can take then those questions and use them in your own marriage. We're also going to hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can she and her husband stay connected during a difficult season? So stress will divide, stress separates, we feel so disconnected. So let's talk about with her, how do we stay connected during those difficult seasons?
1: But first, Greg had a great conversation with Guy and Amber Leah about how they learn to handle stressors in their marriage. They're authors and speakers with some great thoughts. So let's listen to the conversation Greg had with Guy and Amber.
0: Amber, you guys have shared um, a lot, and I'm so grateful for your transparency and just your willingness to talk about the the good, the bad, and the ugly of your relationship. But as newlyweds, uh, certainly you face several stressful, I think very triggering life events. Kind of how, as you look back, how did that affect your relationship?
2: Yes, Greg, I've come to realize that we're not the only ones that have had this kind of experience experience but at the time when we were newly married and we experienced things like job loss and difficult pregnancy and issues with in-laws and family members it felt pretty overwhelming and it was a big burst to my bubble to be honest because I had waited a long time to get married i was really looking forward to this new season of my life i thought it's going to be one blissful moment connected leading to the next and There were lots of good things, and I am an optimist, so I always try to focus on the positive, but the circumstances of our marriage early on were really testing my, you know, natural tendency toward optimism and entrusting the Lord. And in the end, it taught us a lot, and we grew from all of those ups and downs. But Guy and I, we never really wanted to share, you know, publicly our struggles, because who really wants to do that? It's a pretty vulnerable thing. But I realized that God had brought us through a lot of difficulties, and if it would allow others to have some hope, then we were willing to do it. But Guy and I realized very quickly on that we had married Mr. Wrong and Ms. All Wrong, (laughs) and we better get it together, or we were headed down a path of disaster.
0: Yeah, what was going on? Like, what... So what certainly conflicts, I mean, when Aaron and I, we've been married 30 years, but when we, on our honeymoon, we had such a big fight and we felt so disconnected that it it made me start to go, no, wait a minute. Did I marry the wrong person here? Is there something wrong with her? Couldn't be me. It had to be her or our relationship. Couldn't have been me. But for you guys, what convinced you that you had married the wrong person?
3: On my perspective, I... You know, I definitely came into this with certain expectations as well um, into marriage, just um, thinking that it was going to be very much a certain way, and there were a lot of things going on at the same time of us getting married. I had just recently been um, uh, promoted as a junior executive at my company, and so there was a lot of expectations for me um, at work as well. And boy, we got married, which was wonderful. And literally just a couple of months into that marriage, we got pregnant. Hmm. And it was like this convergence of all of these incredible stressors. And we've switched from being newlyweds very quickly to having a focus on how we're going to be parents. And boy, it's just so many things happened all at the same time. And it really threw me into a bit of a tailspin trying to figure out, you know, what is my relationship with my wife, but also what is my relationship at work? And now I'm going to be a dad and like all these different things that I had to think about. So it really sent me into a bit of a spiral, uh, unfortunately at a time that Amber was really cherishing all of these incredible, you know, life changes that we were getting ready to experience.
0: Guy, did that, did it result in like, how did you manage that? So you're feeling all this stress and pressure and you guys are pregnant, did it cause you to withdraw? Did it cause more conflict? Like, what, what happened?
3: I, I would say it definitely caused me to withdraw in, in many areas, which, uh, you know, was a time when I could have stepped up in a much bigger way to just love on Amber even more and support her in the changes that she was going through. And I think that I was so focused on what was going on for me at work that I lost the focus, um, on what she was going through. And so I, I just, it it, w- it was unfair at the time. And, and that's kind of where I think I lost a, a real understanding of, of what she was going through and how we could do this together.
0: Yeah. Because it seems like the, some of the guys that I talk to, the guys that, that I counsel with, um, I even think that for me, this is so true that when I'm not sure how to be successful, I will tend to withdraw out of that to then focus on things that, in my mind, I think that I can be successful with. So, like you were saying early on in my marriage, you know, when when we were struggling, it was much easier for me to invest probably more into graduate school or in, into the work that I was doing because I just I I couldn't figure out how to be successful. And Amber, mm-hmm. do do wives pick up on that?
2: We do. And and now in hindsight of course it makes much more sense. But I'll tell you, Greg, this is the, the overwhelming feeling I had in that season was this is unfair. Mm-hmm. This is really unfair because, you know, in Guy's mind he's putting in the longer hours trying to provide for our family, yeah. which was very noble and right and good. But my interpretation of that, my expectation was we're gonna have more quality time together. We're gonna be enjoying one another. And so I didn't have a a high enough appreciation for what his perspective was. And instead, I just felt a little bit like a victim. I started nursing a victim mentality that, you know, he, did, he must not really care about me because we're not even spending much time together. This doesn't feel fair. And one of the things that God started working on in my own heart was from Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, and it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Hmm. And so that was convicting to me because it was like, well, Amber, you're focusing a lot on what guy is doing or not doing. You need to focus on what you're doing, and you need to work heartily as for the Lord, not just for this earthly relationship. And for me, that was definitely resetting my expectations. Of what I needed to for guy to be or do. And I needed to shift and focus more on me and making this work and communicating better.
0: And that's so hard because it's so clear to me what Aaron does that, that I don't like or that I don't appreciate or that frustrates me. I mean that that's so clear. It's so hard to really to do what you're saying, which is to to focus on me and how has God Calling me to show up, and how am I, you know, praying through and and thinking through those those expectations? Because it sounds like it led you guys pretty quickly then in your marriage to really believe that everyone, you know, marries the wrong person. So what 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 do you guys mean by that? Mm -hmm.
2: Right. Well, you know, I'll just say that whenever you have two imperfect people. It's never going to be a perfect marriage because we start off from you know this place of, of both being two flawed people. Right. And so really, if humility can run rampant through your relationship, through your words, through the things that you think about one another and your circumstances, you'll be in a really good place because Guy was going to be the wrong person because he could never measure up or live to up to this ideal that I had. And likewise, I would never be able to be the perfect person for God. But the moment that we said, I do, we knew that we were a match made in heaven mm-hmm. under God because we had made that commitment. And so we had even said as part of our wedding vows, I will not divorce you. Mm-hmm. And we said that because we'd seen a lot of people around us in fractured marriages and we didn't want that and we knew that it that there was a a high propensity for that and so we put that as part of our vows that we would remind each other we just didn't know we were going to face that so quickly in our marriage but it was a good thing that we had that that in there and so when you recognize hey i'm imperfect you're imperfect but We are destined for one another because we have made this vow and this commitment before the Lord and before our family and friends. And so now we're going to move forward in humility. And that really made a lot of pressure come off of us that we could both own our imperfections knowing that only Jesus is perfect. So let's invite Him to help us figure this out.
0: Well, Aaron, I so appreciate Guy and Amber's perspective. What, What solid wisdom. And I love what they said when they said, we always marry a not perfect person. And that reminds me of a quote that I recently read. It said, we come to love not by finding a perfect person, but by learning to see an imperfect person perfectly. So try to say that a whole bunch of times in a row, but but right, it's so true.
1: Mm -hmm. And I love that quote. I love what you're saying because often I'll frame it as, you know what? it's part of the human condition yeah. being imperfect and that we make mistakes and that things aren't going to always go smoothly. And we're humans. Otherwise, yeah. God would have made us robots yeah. and everything would just be very cut and dry and we wouldn't have emotions about it. Can you imagine that? Uh, <laughs> hold on. Don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But. I I love what they were saying, and it's like the Leah's talked about. It's how we react to the stress that we go through that determines really the success of our relationship as we walk through these difficult times, because Scripture says those who marry will face many trials and troubles so it 's you know it 's all in how we walk through it together, yeah. to the other side of it,
0: and we mentioned in the opening we were just telling that story about how I, I I finally wanted to talk about my emotions and I was offering that I felt so stressed, and then you were already so stressed that you kind of shut that down yeah. and and it 's in those moments that we 're going through a, a stressful experience. Either it's a momentary thing like that was for us, or it's a long-term issue that's just creating more and more stress. I always think it's a great place to remember who the real enemy mm-hmm. is. Like it would have been so easy for Satan to enter into that discussion that we were having. I could have gotten offended. I could have started thinking, yep, yeah, there this is typical. The one time I finally am offering how I'm really feeling, thinking that that's gonna not only connect us, but you're gonna take interest in that, and it didn't go that way. And see, Erin's not interested, and she doesn't care about my emotions. I think it's recognizing stress is the very place that Satan wants mm-hmm. to to battle us, especially around our oneness and our unity. And he wants to set us up as adversaries. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that morning that could have turned so easily yeah. well, into that. In
1: the minute he starts, the enemy starts messing with us, it's his ploy to get our heart shut down because yeah. when our heart shuts down, all bets are off and we are no longer safe relationally with right. our spouse because we're not thinking clearly. We're in fight or flight and so we're not thinking about our spouse and the connection. We're thinking about self-preservation. Right. Um, so it's important to guard our heart. And to really go to the Lord and go, okay, what's true here about me, about my spouse, about this situation? And you know, oftentimes when walking through stressful times, going, you know what, my spouse loves me, and I love him, and I'm committed to him. So, as we walk through this, yeah, there's something going on over there. I'm, I'm guessing he's stressed. I'm stressed. So, but we're going to work through this. It's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, in in Philippians four six. I just, I, I so appreciate the perspective that we're being given. It's saying, you know, don't be anxious for nothing. So it's recognizing you're, you're going to be stressed. You're going to feel anxious. But let your requests be made to known. So it's saying, almost giving us a little bit of an order. Maybe instead of going to our spouse first or to someone else first, yeah. let's turn to the Lord when we're anxious and feeling stressed. And even that that morning... You know, it, it, as we're getting ready, and I'm in the closet, and I work up the courage to f- say, "Okay, this is what's going on for me." Actually, what I hadn't done is taken that to the Lord. Yeah. And that that verse a great reminder. Let's make our requests, you know, be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, all understanding. In other words, His peace that makes sense to us will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus in Aaron what you were saying is that how important it is to guard both our heart and our mind mm-hmm. right because that's where Satan is attacking he wants my heart shut down to you he wants my mind filled with negative thoughts about you mm-hmm. and in lies that he's probably telling me about you and it's so easy during stress to really run with that stuff and right. that's why Let's take the stuff of the Lord first and foremost and let him guard our hearts yeah. and minds. Well,
1: and so often what we want to do is focus on the other person, focus right. on our spouse. I always say it's so much more fun— to focus on Greg versus myself, and so really take the the focus off of your spouse and put it on you, and and work on you and getting your heart back open and guarding your heart from these lies in your mind yeah. from these lies
0: because that's so important.
1: Yeah, and when as these things happen, you know what the the opportunity that lies before us is to repair. Yeah. Once I get my heart back open, going to you and going, hey, I know you were trying to just share there um, as far as your stress level, and gosh, I hate that I wasn't available um, to be with you in that moment because I'm so stressed and just sharing that and, hey, can we try that again? Yeah. Maybe after the filming. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, and we actually did that. I mean, I, I came to you and just said, hey, can we talk about what happened earlier not because it was this huge deal not that it had turned into this you know huge conflict mm-hmm. but i was aware that it had bothered me at some level and or at least confused me like i thought this is what you want what happened here and we were able to then have a good conversation just of going you know tell me what was going on for you oh yeah that makes sense and and what was that like for you and we both were able to share and it was like a five-minute conversation. Yeah. But I walked away feeling that things were repaired between us, yeah. and it helped us to get some perspective of what was going on for you, and you heard what was going on for me. And so that, you're right, like stress, we guarantee it, stress is going to create conflict right. between you. There's no way, because Satan's all over that, yeah. and we're human, so we're going to We're probably going to say or do some things in the midst of our stress that are going to hurt or offend our spouse. So let's just be committed to repairing that stuff. And I think as we turn to the Lord and then repair whatever's gone on, that's how we protect the connection that matters between us. Well, if you want to learn more about how to handle stress in your marriage, we really encourage you, get Guy and Amber's book. It's called Marriage Triggers, Exchanging Spouses' Angry Reactions for gentle biblical responses. And we have it here at Focus on the Family for a gift of any amount.
1: Yes, all the details will be in the show notes. So now we're going to do one of my favorite segments, conversation starters, and that's where we each pick out a conversation starter, a couple conversation starters out of a little bucket, and we answer them. We have not seen these questions, so it's kind of fun to do this, and I I actually really enjoy it.
0: So we've got the blue bucket right there, so go ahead once you pick the first one.
1: Over the course of this week, how did I demonstrate my love for you?
0: Well, I was sick this week and, and came down with whatever's kind of going around our community. What I really appreciated is that you gave me the space to kind of chill, sit in a chair, have the TV on, kind of fall asleep, wake up, fall asleep. And then you kept asking, "What what can I get for you? What can I do for you? You went and got me food. I mean, you just showed up and were very present in terms of, you know, what did I need or what did I want? You picked up the things that I usually do. So you were doing the dishes. You were doing, you know, just the chores that I would typically do. And it just, it felt uh, really good to have you just just lean in and kind of let me be sick.
1: It was funny because I kind of got the drop kick out of bed because I was sick all <laughs> last week, but then you got sick, and yeah. I was the stronger of the two of us yeah. and so yeah i I probably did a lot of that because you had done that for me earlier um in the week when wow. I was really sick.
0: I appreciate you doing that, so. My question to you is, what are some ways that I can more effectively communicate that I love you? Talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) So, For example, share what I'm stressed about, maybe.
1: I love it when um, you come to me and and say, like, hey, let's talk about um, your day. Or can I share something about my day with you? How are you feeling? Give me three feeling words. I know that you're pursuing me and Mm. you're interested in me, and vice versa. So I love when we have those times of just connection.
0: Yeah, and I know for me, like it's easy to get out of rhythm Uh because I know for me to do that, I really I have to think about that because I know that that's important to you. And it felt like now both of us being sick, it just like I'm thinking about the last you know week or so, week and a half of how I really haven't done that. And it's easy for me to get out of sort of that pattern mm-hmm. of really thinking and being aware and thus asking that, and then, then I forget. Yeah. And then I'm reminded of going, oh, mm, well, yeah, I haven't really done that. So yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Okay. So what three things
1: have you done in our marriage that you're most proud of? Three, three things. things. That's pretty specific. <laughs> wow.
0: Um. <laughs> You know, I I think for me the first thing is I'm proud that that we like each other, and have put in you like me, that I like you, and I like you, in other words that that we've cultivated a, a close friendship, mm-hmm. and we're not just married roommates, we're not just co parents together, that that we've put in the work. I know that I put in the work to make sure that 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 we're best friends and that we like each other. We like hanging out. We get to do ministry together. I mean, we get to do all these things that kind of cultivates that. So I I love that. I'm proud that that we've grown as individuals mm-hmm. and really recognized how important it is that as, as individuals that we keep dealing with our stuff and our junk and whatever and just keep growing. Mm-hmm. That's something that we both believe in and we've done that. Yeah. And I would say the third thing is you know, as a dad, that I I feel like as our kids are growing older and they're have left the nest, and two out of the four are married, and I love that I don't have any regrets looking back on my relationship with our kids, and mm. I feel like that that I've got a good relationship with our kids, and they enjoy me, and and I enjoy them, and that's taken work to get there, but I love that, mm. that that's happened. I love that. I could keep going on. I'm sure there's other things that that I could come up with. Um, For you, in what ways do you feel blessed in our marriage? And maybe I Mm -hmm. should say, you know, besides me, what are (laughs) ways that you feel blessed in our marriage? Yeah.
1: One of the biggest ways, and I think about this a lot. Well, there's several, but the first one is that you let me be me. Hmm. Um, I think of, gosh, I think of, <laughs> I would drive so many people nuts <laughs> and, you know, that you just let me be me. You let me be high energy. You let me pursue goals and dreams. You let me, um, bargain shop, you <laughs> know, I don't feel hyper-controlled. I mean, granted, you know, it's within reason
0: Right.
1: and that includes everything, my time, my energy level, spending, uh, you know, so it's just going, you you really create a space that I can show up mm. genuinely as me. Mm. And you also not only encourage me to pursue my dreams, you support me in my dreams. Mm. And I know a lot of marriages where that is not the case. And uh, I'm very grateful for that because mm, it. You. I always say I wouldn't be who I am um, today if you weren't journeying with me.
0: Mm. Well, that, seriously, that means a lot. And that, that's what I love about these conversation starters is there's sort of two things that can happen. One, I I learned something about you so I stay current and yeah. I rediscover you. But then there, there's times that you express appreciation or I do or what like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I walk away feeling good going, wow, she notices things I do or ways that I that I try to show up. And so again, we just encourage you guys to make this a regular part of your relationship. You can grab in the show notes a link to the conversation starters. Use the ones that Aaron and I did today. Again, we don't rehearse this. We don't see these questions and and we enjoy this. Like I said, we walk away more connected. Mm-hmm. So continue to do that and watch how these conversation starters and that kind of updated knowledge, see what that can do for your marriage. Well, now we're going to move on to our weekly Q&A, and this is the part of the show where we get to answer your burning questions about marriage
1: please send us your questions. You can click the link in the show notes or go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of the show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance for free as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us.
0: Well, today's question comes from Havila. So let's listen to the voicemail that she sent in.
1: Hi, me and my husband
2: are going through a really difficult season right now. We had our first child in July, and he's finishing up medical residency, working close to 80 hours a week. We're finding it very difficult for us to have the time and energy to stay connected during this postpartum and long hour season.
1: Any tips and advice would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. What a great question, and I so appreciate it because... This is a difficult season. Yeah. You have a husband that's in residency. I've heard just nightmares about how many hours they're working and you're saying he's working 80 hours a week. That's a lot. And you just had a new baby. And so you've got a lot going on. And so I just want to encourage you step back, take a deep breath, knowing that this is hard. Yeah. And you know, it's I would say each and every individual figures out how to make it through hard seasons. If you've made it to residency, you've been through some hard seasons. Right. And I know this is one of the hardest, stepping back, gaining perspective, and going, okay, so I've got a lot on my plate. I've got to take care of me so I can take care of this baby and take care of this marriage. And not that it's all on you, but it's being creative. And how do we connect amidst this chaotic season?
0: Yeah, Havila, we wrote a book, about this very thing. It's called Reconnected Moving from roommates to soulmates in your marriage because exactly what you're describing really motivated us to write this book. And, and it's when we're feeling like our plates are overflowing with a lot of good stuff, like you guys are going through, all that that you're describing, good stuff. It's not like you can just not do any of it and just hang out and, and connect. But how do we have those moments to where we're we're feeling like our plates are overflowing and and then not feel guilty for what we're not doing for our marriage because I think that's where Satan really will come in to try to make you feel guilty you know you should be doing more for your marriage and you're not and then we feel guilty and start to even disconnect further versus understanding that you're just in that busy season And and therefore, instead of trying to figure out how do we do these big things, like how do we schedule a date night? How do we make sure that we're going on a vacation? Mm -hmm. I think one of the most powerful things that I've learned is that a marriage is never going to survive from date night to date night or from vacation to vacation, because then we end up putting all these expectations on those moments that we're finally away and finally hanging out, and they never work out that way.
1: Yeah. Well, and I would say date nights are great. Vacations are good and holidays are good. But I'm guessing right now, you don't have a lot of time for any of that. Maybe a date night, maybe a coffee. Um, It might look different in this season. And it's recognizing this is just a season. It's a hard season, but it will pass. This will look different. And I know as I work with a lot of physicians and surgeons that you know really on the other side of this, it's then building a career or going into a fellowship or whatever they're going to pursue. And so, yes, it can be a hard thing. But again, it's stepping back and going, what do we do to make it through this best that we can?
0: Yeah. And Erin and I would encourage you, if there was just one thing that we would pick for you, it's to really start to notice these, these things within your current reality. So the season that you're in, there's things that happen on a regular basis. For example, you know, someone's going to leave the home. So you're going to have an opportunity to take advantage of a moment of how we say goodbye to each other can make a big difference. Someone's going to come back. Mm -hmm. So we're going to reunite. How do we greet each other? At the end of the day, we're going to go to sleep. How do we say, you know, goodnight to each other in a way and just look for repeated moments that you guys can take advantage of? They're already on your plate. Like you're not inventing these things. So they're already there.
1: Yeah, because you might be thinking, well, gosh, I go to bed and my husband isn't laying next to me going to bed. He's at the hospital working. Shoot him a text yeah. to say, Hey, I'm getting in bed just thinking about you. Wanted to say goodnight. And, you know, type out a prayer, text him a prayer over him, like, Hey, I'm praying for you. And is there anything specific I can pray for? And just lifting you up that you have all the strength and energy to get through the night. And I would encourage him to do the same thing, you know, pr- sending it back to go, Hey, I know you're at home with our newborn and or our baby. And gosh, I'm praying for you tonight. That you're energized and the connection is deep between you and our baby, and that you feel refreshed somehow, some way. God refreshes you, um, so in the morning you are ready to get up and go.
0: Yeah, and, and and so what you're doing is you're looking for what are some moments that seem to be occurring on a regular basis within our relationship. Yeah, and and figure those out together. Like just sit down, maybe as you're feeding you know, your your baby. Yeah. You know, today. Why don't you guys just talk? Even if it's, you know, hey, call me when you get a break and let's let's have this discussion. What are some moments that kind of repeat themselves? Maybe it's, you know, the grocery shopping, maybe it's, you know, we have coffee together. It's yeah. it's greeting each other, saying goodbye, saying taking, goodnight. Yeah, whatever. maybe
1: taking a meal up to the hospital right. for him and sharing that with him. You know, whatever it is that you're recognizing, there's things that are happening. He's going to eat, you're going to eat at some point. So how do we do that and share that moment together? Well, thanks again for your question and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, contact us. Click the link in the show notes to leave us a voicemail. you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Working through the stressors in your relationship is hard, but it is possible. We hope we were able to give you some practical steps to work towards a healthier
0: marriage. Be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. We want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and satisfying marriage. We want to see you grow spiritually both as individuals and as a couple so that you can turn around and invest in another couple to help them build a thriving marriage.
1: Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage.